Hey there, and Happy New Year. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm the host of the His Hill Podcast. You know, I'm on vacation in Canada right now and had decided I just was going to skip this week's episode and we'd pick up with the new year next week. But the Lord's been working something in my heart and I would like to share it with you. So this won't be a, a long episode and I hope you're okay with that. But um, it's just something I've, I just feel strongly that I, I need to, to share here at the beginning of the new year. So if you don't mind, and if you're in a position to do so, grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Colossians. Colossians 2 verse 8 reads like this, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Major Thomas once said this, that Christian living is not a method or technique. It is an entirely different revolutionary principle of life. This verse has come to mind as I've been reflecting on a New Year's message I heard preached this last Sunday. The pastor started the message with scripture, giving quick overview, which was good. But then he finished with basically telling the congregation to double down and be committed to trying hard and living true to your relationship with God. Well, does that agree with God's word? Does that agree with this passage? Our verse begins with the phrase, see to it. So we find that the life of Christ is a resolute or determined life. It's been pointed out that the phrase see to it is one word in the Hebrew, and it means basically to take responsibility for causing something to happen. So it's emphatic. So we are to be resolute or determined to live a certain way. But according to verse 7, the previous verse, it would be a resoluteness or a determination with faith. Verse 7 reads, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And when taking into consideration the rest of the verse, verse 8, it would be specifically faith in Christ and not faith in the world's way, no matter how logical it may seem to our understanding Barack Obama once said this, change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Now this phrase at first glance seems to present great inspiration, but when comparing it to Colossians 2.8, we find that it actually stands directly opposed to God's standard for mankind. I admit that it certainly sounds eloquent, this phrase that I read, this quote, and it seems to be very strong. And because it's eloquent and strong, so often we think, well, it sounds right then, or it is right. But does eloquence and strong delivery constitute what is right? 
When this quote is compared to Colossians 2.8, it shows itself to be dependent on only the best that the world has to give according to our own fleshly understanding. But Isaiah 40 verse 31 says this, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. And Proverbs 3, 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. To trust in what the world has to give us is to depend on that which has no future. What do I mean by that? Well, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 reads like this, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And verse 16 goes on to say, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, so that's all that's in the, wor in the world. It's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And now here it is. It, the world has no future because verse 17 says that the world is passing away. And also it's lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. This is an emphatic statement. See to it. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 1 and 3 present a similar idea. There we find the phrase, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. And that also, being an emphatic statement, refers to paying much closer attention to what God has spoken through Christ. And this is what Colossians 2.8 goes on to say. As it finishes toward the end of the verse, and it says that we're to be taken captive according to Christ. So we've seen that the life of Christ is a resolute and determined life. Now we see that the life of Christ is the life from Christ. John 6, 63 says this, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And again in John, this time chapter 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The life for Christ is the life from Christ, not from me for him. Again, Major Thomas once said, There is always the awful possibility, if you do not discover this principle, that you may spend a lifetime in the service of Jesus Christ doing Nothing. What a horrible prospect to consider. I once had a young lady in my youth group back in the day when I was a youth pastor who was really struggling over some things, and depression was setting in. She had been a very diligent member of the youth group. She attended all the Bible studies, all the youth activities, all of the, the both um, activities being the, you know, the, the fun events, but also the, the, the ministry events that we would do. She was a part of all of it and had become a leader within the group. But as this depression set in, she changed in how she just presented herself. 
Her continence changed. She lived defeated and she showed her defeat in her face, in her movements, her actions. She came to me one day, we sat down to talk about this, and she said something that I've never forgotten, though it's been 30 years. She looked at me and she says, Kelly, I do all these things. I'm trying hard. And she says, I always pray asking God to forgive me of my sin, forgive me of my failure. But then I think, what's the use? I'm just going to do it again. Does that sound familiar? Is that where you end up each year when you come up with your New Year resolution and you try really hard, but you're starting to think, what's the use? I'm just going to fail again. So how should we face this new year? Well, Philippians 1.21, Paul says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And again, in Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I once had another young lady come to talk to me when I was full-time at his hill as the principal, and she came into my office and she sat down. She was troubled and she wanted some advice. She started to explain to me the problem that she was facing, and she wanted to know just what she should do to rectify this problem. And after a time of discussing it, just talking about this, and I was sensing that she was really depending on herself to come up with a solution and to be able to enact it, to fix this, to make it right. After talking about these things, she just bowed her head and she said this, I'm the problem and I'm always the problem. You know, if we're honest, I think we all can identify with that statement. And so if I'm always the problem, then why should I depend on the problem to fix the problem? Oswald Chambers once said it like this, there's actually only one thing you can dedicate to God, and that is your right to yourself. If you will give God your right to yourself, He will make a holy experiment out of you. <laughs> and His experiments are always a success. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm the host of the His Hill Podcast. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. And remember, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And oh yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, alumni and listeners, and thank you so much for starting off this new year by listening to today's episode of the His Hill Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that it was an encouragement to your heart. Our winter-spring term began yesterday with all of our new and returning students flooding the hilltop throughout the day. We have nine new students joining us this semester from Europe, Canada, and around the States, bringing the total number of students here this term to 68. Please keep the new students in your prayers that they would be encouraged at heart and that they would believe and not just know that the Lord makes all things beautiful in their time. 
Thank you again for tuning into the His Hill podcast today. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty. Be encouraged, alumni. He is for you. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.